Hello, everybody. Welcome back to La Cantina MX Football Podcast, episode 399. We're going to be talking about Jornada Siete results that we had over the weekend. Some controversial calls by referees, of course. And then we have a few last-minute transfers. Chucky Lozano returning to PSV. Tecate returning to Monterrey. And then we have some up-and-coming friendlies. Jimmy Lozano calls out... Quinones to training camp. So we'll be talking about the Naturalizados uh, debate and debacle that's been going on. And uh, that and much, much more. But before I go any further, I want to welcome our good friend Joel to the podcast. Joel, how we doing? Good, hey man. I'm doing good, man. That's good to hear. We also have Abdias joining us all the way down there from the 17th position, but he's here. How we doing? Qué pedo, cabrón. Yeah, we missed you definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Almost as much as Grisul uh, has been missing the goals, you know. ¿Cuál güey? Metimos dos. Iban a ser tres. Yeah. Todo porque los pinches güilas no pueden comerse un pinche codo. And it wasn't even that hard. It's a fucking left love tap, okay? Like I've said in the past, un correctivo no es, no es abuso. Yeah, I saw that little uh, elbow check by Charlie, who kind of looks like 6'9 without a without the wig. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think it was a bonehead move by him, right in front of a referee as well. It's like not, not your best uh, moment there. All right, so here's my question about that one. All right. Did you watch it? Did you watch the game? No. Did you watch I, it in real time? I just saw the, the, the clip in slow-mo, which obviously takes it a lot of context. That's exactly it. And then, perate, wait, like, see, even, even better. When they were showing it in VAR, they weren't showing it in game speed. They were showing it fast-forwarded. Yeah. They were showing it, like, 0.5 speed, like, one and a half speed. And there it looks really aggressive. It does. But if you're watching the game, he gets kicked before mm. he and then he gets like el vato entra, le mete una patada y lo jala del cuello. Luego viene, le echa el pinche manotazo y Charlie todo lo que hace es levanta el codo. Like trying to get space y como el vato anda bien agresivo, boom, a la quijada. Y luego pues ya sabes, ya maricones al fin. <laughs> I will say, you know, certain things in slow-mo look a lot more aggressive than they actually do. Well, you know, it's that old physics debate that you change the outcome by studying it. Oh, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Was there also any other controversial calls, like offside? Because I know that's what happened with, with Chivas over the weekend. They had a terrible call that changed the outcome of the game. But, uh, you know what? There was one, but I'll wait for Ron to get in here. He won. He might actually appear. Maybe. A ver qué es lo que dice. Oh, what I can't tell you, though, is, you know, not the best start to the season for Cruz Azul. You guys don't even have uh, Duca to blame anymore. Sitting in 17th position, only one point over Negaxa. Um, but at least you guys have a, have a victory. Hey, hey, hey. I haven't blamed Duca for shit. Tuka was my personal lord and savior, right? And it still is. 
Ahora, la pinche directiva, les he dicho desde el día uno, güey. It's like the calls coming from inside the house. The enemy is inside and we don't know who it is. We just keep fucking it up. So, my pedo, carnal. Esto es cosa azul y esta es la vida. Like, this is what it's like. You guys can say that you're the only team that has defeated Juarez this season, which is pretty impressive. That is. Now, wait until we take on San Luis. También vamos a partir la madre. <laughs> San Luis sitting in first place after seven matches. I can assure you nobody here predicted that. What is going on over in San Luis? I know that they're still associated with Atletico Madrid, right? Just they don't own it or, or just friendly? I don't know if they own the no. team, but I know they were affiliated with Atletico Madrid. From my understanding, that relationship ended. In fact, that's why they had to revert back to their old yeah, logo. They, they, their old yeah, logo. They, they, they still can, use yeah. the same logo, though. Is it? No me acuerdo, wey, pero esa, that partnership is done. Is it? Mm-hmm. Because they even have, I mean, Atletico in the name, and that was all, like, Madrid, right? They were just, yeah, they were just like, known uh, as uh, San Luis before. And then there was like some issues where like the investment wasn't really panning out. So Atletico was trying to sell it and it, that it couldn't just sell the team. They had to like do some backroom bullshit. And that's what happened. They're no longer tied to Atletico. It says on March 16th, 2017... Atletico Madrid announced a 50% ownership of the club. And, I mean, I don't know if it ended, but it's still on their Wikipedia. Wait, that's the English one? Yeah. I guess I remember reading that they, they packed their stuff and left. Let me ask the internet. They very well might have. Who knows? But, man, they've been on fire. They've gotten five victories, one draw, one loss, and their last five matches have been victories. So, yeah. On a streak as it speaks. First place. And uh, Tigres and Juarez tied with 14 points. And then we have Chivas, who are coming off two straight defeats against Santos and Monterrey. That's the top four, ladies and gentlemen. What the hell, Joel? You gotta mute yourself, bro, when you're handling business. <laughs> no, something I leaned on to picture file. <laughs> uh, this uh, part of the episode's uh, sponsored by, uh, I don't know, what's a good. I can't find like anything. Faux leather couches. Gas X. That's the word I was looking for. Fast relief for gas and bloating. Get Gas X. No, seriously, guys. Um, we had a very unconventional top four. I mean, I guess you could you could say Tigres. You know, are, are pretty pretty common. But to have uh, Juarez and and San Luis on there, oh, man. I mean, I know it's too early. We've only gone through, um, you know, seven matches so far. 
But as we start to shape up, I mean, do you think San Luis has what it takes to to have a deep playoff run? I don't know, deep, but surely could be in playoffs. Look, I'm saying that they at least make it into the play-in. Mm-hmm. At at the very least, because they have enough points, they can make this shit last. They Plus, I don't see Pumas coming back. They changed up the playoffs again, right? I mean, it was 12. Now it's uh, top six, and then seven through 10 have a playoff. Yeah, they kind of doing it like the NBA. You know, that's literally why they called it a play-in. Uh, like, even in Espanol, it's like, el play-in. El play-in. No mames, güey. Que, que pinche avión, que plane, que, que feo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Freaking San Luis, man. Uh, did... You know what, guys? Yeah. Be before we get too far ahead... You know, there's a gentleman right here on the panel that I want to say, oh. ¿Sabes qué, güey? Tenías razón la semana pasada. Oh. Todos dijeron que no, que estabas pendejo y que estabas diciendo las cosas equivocadas. No, güey. Captain Sebojo, los regios siempre van a regresar y te van a replantear. They're going to bring you back from Europe, go over there, eat shit, suck dicks, just be the worst player that you can be and come back. Y si no, look at, me, look at Miguel Ayun. Se fue a la segunda división, entró a la primera yeah, I mean, that was a big part of our discussion last week that you can go to Europe, fail, come back, and any team in Mexico will pick you up. Just happened to Tecate. Well, I won't say he had a bad time out there. Um, I think Tecate's problem has he's always been plagued with injuries. And he never really had, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. He had a good time in Porto. Um, he, he won some, some titles over there, but I don't think that got to ever fulfilled his, like the potential that we all visualized him as like, as being one of the hitters in Europe and, and on the national team, he's kind of been in and out of sorts. And, uh, now he's going to be rocking it in over there at Rayados. I think uh, Pastor's having issues with the mic. But how do you guys feel he about Tecate's career so far? It's literally what you said, man. He just was plagued with... You know what it is? It's the schedule of the fucking Moletours and everything else that we have. It just... We overloaded him. He never got 100% healthy, and he never was able to put his foot. If anything, he was best when he was, what, at Porto? Yeah. Like... And that was it. And if you want to call it, shit, man. We keep talking about Fisherman's League. That's a Fisherman's League. The Portuguese League? He did well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's where, guess what? That's where most Mexicans go when they're starting off. And that's where he did well. And then he went to try to fill bigger shoes and he couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, he went to Sevilla. I was excited about that move. I felt like his style fit the league, you know? They they do encourage, like, dribbling and being a little bit flashier. And, you know, he just 
spend most of his time recovering from like injuries and you know Sevilla qualified for Champions League so I was looking forward to potentially seeing him out there and you know he decides that uh it was time to ho head home and I know Sevilla were also having like money problems so they were it was probably an easy decision to part ways with him But it's always easy to get rid of the talent when the money runs out. You know what's crazy though is he's not even gonna be a guaranteed starter at Rayados. I feel like they have a lot of a lot of depth there. But I could be wrong. Yeah, no, that's true, because what position would he fill? Like they're they're fucking stacked. It's like just like when we said it, when Linus was going over to Degas, it was like, why? Where does he fit there? Yeah, and I know they got uh, Bertrame. He got injured, but I don't. I don't think he's a forward, right? He's like he's not a forward, yeah. dude. Not at all. He's a winger at best. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's like a winger. But you know, that's how you keep how these teams keep competitive. So you 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 know they keep bringing in, and you see it with the really big clubs. They'll, they'll have, they already have two good strikers, and then they go bring a third one. Uh, so yeah, keep keep all their players on their feet. So in the Rayados official website, they have him listed as a delantero along with Rogelio Funes Mori, Germán uh, Bertarme, and then Rodrigo Aguirre. So maybe Tano will try to use him as a striker or an attacking midfielder. I don't know. What I can tell you is, you know, Rayados came and they uh, they beat us in Guadalajara. And it was a very frustrating match to watch. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, Rayados deserved the two goals that they scored. Sergio Canales, of course, making history against us by scoring his first goal for the club. He scored two. And then Chivas came back in the second half with with Marin, who I had been, you know, I've been skeptical about him. He, he had gone seven games without scoring a goal. He's not really the the striker that we need. We needed someone that had, you know, a, a more impressive resume. But he went in there, he scored a goal, and it looked like it was like the shot of adrenaline that we needed to come back and, and climb back. And then the referee took a little too much time deciding if that goal should stand. And in the end, it was uh, annulled. So Chivas was back down to 2-0. And then uh, he did it again. He did it again. And, um, you know, Chivas ended up losing that game 2-1. And, uh, you know, it's just frustrating to see that happen. I, I don't think that uh, Chivas deserved to lose the match. They, I, th I felt that they played enough for the draw. And um, I'm just wondering, you know, how long of a leash does Baunovic have until the fans start to turn on him? Because it seems like time and time again, he's made some questionable uh, moves uh, as far as substitutions go. Chiva uh, fans are fickle. I will give him the whole season. But I already see fans that are already, already don't like him. What about your directiva? I think Fernando Hierro is untouchable for now. But obviously, we expected him to um, bring impressive signings. And so far, he hasn't done 
anything. Like he's not he is not brought on. I would say I would say Guti. I'll give him Guti as far as like a bomba signing, but I expected that, something. That one though, that that one I don't I don't really give him credit. Oh why? Because the club had already brought him. Chivas had already brought him. Guti? And then the whole drug. No, not Pocho. Yeah. Guti. Oh, Pocho was mine. My bad, my bad. I was yeah, thinking yeah, Pocho. Yeah. Pocho would... Yeah, no, you're right. That, that guy was... That one was a good signing. My bad. I got confused. No, you're good. And, and, and I will... Two good ones, though. Those are still two good ones. I, I don't take credit from him. I just wouldn't yeah. give him 100. I wouldn't give him 100, but he, he still gets he still gets some credit for that. Yeah, I will say... He's trying to find loopholes to bring in, you know, anybody that <laughs> that is remotely Mexican, right? He brought in that uh, second division goalie Wally, and he hasn't even he hasn't even played yet. I still have not to see him play. Like it's weird, man. You like you you made all these all these loophole signings, and and you don't even play him. Not even in League's Cup. Like and you know that was when like um, Jimenez was injured too. So, I'm like, what the hell, man? And then, as of today, they brought in a new kid from Belgium. And he's going to end up um, playing for the uh, second division team, Tapatio. Uh, Teon Wilke, who I had never heard of before. But I know he was rumored with America this summer. 6-3. think she was neat. Striker of that height. That height. Looks like he was born in Querétaro. And he started his youth career there. And then he ended up getting uh, poached by uh, some team in 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 uh, the Netherlands. And then he went to a team in Italy. And then he went to a team in Belgium. So, yeah, he's kind of been... All over the world, but uh, he's only made 14 professional appearances in his career, and he's already 21. So that's not very promising. Nope. No, no. One of the other things we talked about. No point being over there if you're not getting playing time. And all this talk of, you know, the better coaching, the better training. Well, if he has that. He couldn't land on the first division team. Still landed on the second division team, and he has to earn his way up. Which I would, I'm just going off of the hype, you know, because if we were to believe it, then he should be able to slide into a lot of these teams. That's just not the case. Yeah, definitely a head scratcher. I hope, I wish him the best. And I just don't understand why everyone's like, you know, oh my God, he's he's gonna be a successful player. He, how exciting! He's coming from Europe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Man, who's everyone? Like, where are you guys smoking? I mean, everybody. If you if you go on like Twitter about like his yeah. announcements, you go on the subreddit yeah. on on Liga Mekis. Bro, everyone's like gassing him up. I'm like, yo, relax, man. <laughs> like, just because he comes from Europe doesn't mean he's uh, superior or he's gonna 
be the next like wonderkin yeah that's the thing that it's not that, but look at the chivas current situation your current striker is marine who's nothing against marine i mean if it, it, it's a solid signing in the sense that he was the leading scorer of the essential last tournament uh -huh. so you brought the leading scorer of essential uh you know to most teams that's not a great signing because most teams are going and getting tecatito and you know guys who have a established name yeah. established career but from a sporting perspective you need someone to score goals so you go get what you can find which is not a bad option a goal scorer a leading goal scorer and this kid same thing yeah he's coming from europe or he could be coming from brazil or guatemala i could care less but the point is it's a bet for the future as far as like something that is cheap i mean he's working with what he has available to him as far as hierro. Uh, well, what do you want him to bring? Obviously, they tried to do Alan Pulido, and that didn't work. Alan Pulido played a fast one on them. He got a juicier contract from KC out of that whole negotiation. Yep. So, I mean, he, he's trying. I mean, Hierro's trying, but at the same time, he's also Seems doing... Seems like excuses, though. I don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't think it's an excuse. He's playing the seats for the future. No, I mean, he's playing seats for the future. If you try to bring a big name like Este Pulido, and then in the meantime, you also bring in these lower guys who might pan out, and you got them for the cheap. You're making Chivas sound like a mid-table to bottom-table team. I mean, are you can't sign. They can't sign someone. They have to plan four years in advance. Do you well, see Real Madrid doing that? We, we can't get a striker. We're gonna. We're gonna. Bring some no, Brazilian from third division in three years. We're planning the You're seeds. confusing two things. You're confusing the name of the club and its history and its presence and what the club represents with its ownership. Real Madrid, the ownership right, now is ran the club. Well. Real Madrid right now is ran well by Florentino Perez. Barcelona, the previous president they had, he ran that team down to the shithole. And that's why they had to go get loans to sign players. But at the end of the day, Barcelona is still a big team. Barcelona is still one of the biggest teams in the world as far as importance. Now, because the players ran it like shit, that's a different story. So same thing with Chivas. Don't confuse Chivas having a broke ownership and having limited funds with the team but, but you, in the middle. Chivas has always been broke. Chivas has always been broke. That's the point. There they wasn't one point where they had a lot of money. As a matter of fact, they never even had their own stadium. This is just very current. So we could say Vergara ownership is the most money they've had ever. And they're making finals. They're not winning them, but they're making finals. With Vergara, 2004, 2006, 2010, 2017, 2022. If two of those finals, especially Libertadores, goes your way, and then you add, throw in 2004 or 2022, now all of a sudden the Vergara ownership has been somewhat successful, or some will even say successful in general. I mean, you can't say like, there's the zero results. What I'm saying is, you know, we brought Yero in to do better than our previous directivo, which was Pelaz. And unfortunately, as of right now, if we were to compare like the players that Pelaz brought in versus the players that Yero have, have brought in, it's pretty, it's not even close, bro. It's pretty pathetic. 
No way. Are you, you can't be serious right now. Are you kidding me? Yeah, look the names he brought in and look how much he spent. Like $40 million. I don't know how much he spent. Yeah, he spent $40 million and then those guys that he brought in have left. He brought in Antuna, gone. And Antuna left as a trade. Like, spent more Nakaxa guys. Three Nakaxa guys. Who's left? Chicote? No, yeah, I'm just saying, like... I'm just saying, like... Come in and just spend $40 million, bring in some names. And they the names don't work out, and they're no, no. Right, all I'm all saying is like based on just the names that he brought in, you know, like yeah, dude, it's not even it's not even a fair comparison. Like he brought in like a player that we've never even heard of before. Like who the fuck is this Wale guy, <laughs> and why why is he playing for Chivas? Like this dude has is he even in Mexico? <laughs> and. And you bring in you bring in Ricardo Marin, who's like twenty five, and he's barely scoring his first professional goal in in the first division, bro. Like, come on, bro, this is bad. This is really bad. At that point, bad, at that point, why even bring anybody in? Just don't even bring anybody in. Like, I rather, I rather him, I rather him promote the our players from Tapatio because that's better than giving yeah, a twenty five year old. Uh, a 25 year old who's never who's never played in the first now, division. Now you're talking, Jaime. Yes, I can agree. I co-sign on that. If if that's yeah, if it's gonna sign on that, we should say it's being ran like a it's like a middle team lower team. That's what a middle team we're lower being, team does. We're being only ran. Like, we're being ran you like can't a have both. You can't tell them to only use the youth like a bottom team, but then at the same time criticize them for the same thing. I think Chris, I was just making a point. I was making yeah, a which point. Which one is it, though? Are they oh, a bottom middle team and you're criticizing something? Oh, I've like always... That? No, I'm not criticizing. you want to behave like an actual bottom table team and only use the youth? Do, bottle, do bottom feeders do that? Because I feel like they don't. No, if they don't have... Only option, nah, they use yes. washed-out players. If it's your only option to use... Yes. Now, if you're so established, like, like, like... I don't Arsenal, see... I don't see like the bottom feeding Liga Mekis teams using Cantera, bro. They're all using all these bargain bin yeah. uh, buyings from South America that we. A lot of loans too. Yeah. A lot of loans. Yeah, but Dude, it's look the, at it's not as far as like their loans for Cantera, it's that it's money not being spent. I look at all of them. Whether you use twenty academy guys or you bring in twenty loans, it's the same thing, different path. Same result. You're just not spending money. I'm just saying, bro. Now, you spend money to get Daniel Rios and Ricardo Marin. Um, I don't think um, the Peruvian was his call. But if you combine those three players, what they spent on salary and transfer fees, and, and the players that they used to barter to get those players, you could have paid and, 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 and paid out Pulido and won that, that battle against uh, Kansas City. Like If it came down to money... You look at these these three three stooges, like not even make a move at that point. Like no. don't even sign these no, guys. No, not on wages, Jaime, because it would have been like a three year, four year deal. So if you're looking at like two million. Yeah, but that's, I mean, they were, no, that's I'm like sure eight were, million by year Because we we traded eight million, we traded Canelo away for for Ormeño. Like it wasn't a straight up like deal. It was like we actually. No, but, but it's the salary. It's the salary where they where they have to be very careful. 
So, and, and especially Pulido that's up there in age, but to pay him that much money, you, you could potentially be stuck with another um, uh, Hermoso Peralta situation where, uh, you know, this guy gets injured and I, your highest paid player is just on the bench. It's just cheerleading from the bench. So yeah, cheer, cheer just doesn't have that. They don't have that luxury. All I'm going to say is, uh, you know, with Fernando Hierro, I, I respect his creativity, trying to find loopholes, trying to find players that we haven't even thought of before, you know, looking for that Spanish-Mexican alliance. But as of right now, dude, this is this is pretty bad. Dude, he, no. put the, he was part of putting the team in a final, and right now they're sitting in fourth place. Yeah. Act like they went from final to right now they're in 18th place. Like, you still got to let the season play out. Because if this thing does turn around and they do finish in those top four and they make semifinals, they make another final, your criticism's invalid. Right now, your criticism's invalid. You might not be happy that they're not splashing out big money and bringing Pulido, Vela, Chicharito, everyone's pipe dream, but it doesn't mean it's a bad job. Literally, the coach he brought in worked the first tournament. The way it's being managed, I mean, they're in top four. They played a final. If they even if they won the championship, and then right now they had these results, you kind of still be complaining. So that's why when you're a person making the big decisions, you gotta distract all the noise because there's a bigger picture. You gotta look whatever your bigger picture plan is, what his long term plan is. So well, I think bigger picture growing these players because you can't afford good players in the market. Because what's the excuse that Chivas always gives? Que le venden más caro. Que no puede comprar a los, a los jugadores y todo esto. So then what are you doing? You're Dude, but it's the best you make. Marin was the leading scorer in Ascenso. If he moves to Chivas and he kills it, like he starts putting in goals like the first games, then all of a sudden you're, you're a genius. I mean, it's a bet you're going to take. Some bets pay off, some don't. Now, do you rather take a bet with like minimal investment because that's what you have available to you? Or you rather, or like Joeda said, you rather go take a bet on Pulido. You pay the big money, and then you pay the big salary. And he just had an ACL injury, and then he gets Jose Jose Macias injury uh, luck, where you bring him back, you pay all this money, and three weeks into the season, he tears his ACL again. Damn, bro, why'd you have to do him like that? No, I'm just saying it's like you also when you make your decision, you also got to look at consequence A, B, C, and D. And I'm sure that's where they base their decisions off as well. Let's get this guy, Marin, from second division goal scorer. If he turns out to be good, solid, we look amazing. If he doesn't, well, we'll keep exploring options. And so far, Marin, this is playing well. If you actually watch the games, Marin's doing everything except scoring goals. And that's the thing that he has to do because he's a striker. No, but he's creating <laughs> opportunities, man. He creates opportunities for the other players. And like I said, the team's staying on fourth. Look, man, something something doesn't. The, first out the, way, the rest come in. The part that doesn't add up for me is didn't Tapatio win the second division last season? Yes. Yeah, they came out campeones. You're telling me that none of their strikers are good enough? To get promoted to the first team. What was wrong with uh, Tepa Gonzalez? I thought he was doing fine. And we also have Chevy Martinez, Luis Puente. Like, you're telling me none of these guys are better than Ricardo Marin? I feel like it would have been much, it would have it made much more natural sense to 
to, you know, reward these players and move them up to the first team. And don't get me wrong, they did that with Brido and they did that with um, um, Padilla, right? Those guys were the only team, the two they players. They probably did bring them up. They probably did bring them up, and they, they, you know, they when they hold camp, and then um, I guess none of them impressed. Pau. They weren't able to like. I don't. You know. Exactly. I mean, it's like the European argument. You guys say these guys go to Europe, best coaches, this training. They didn't pan out. They must have been so good. Who's to say they then call them up to La Pretemporada and they didn't impress? But how come Brigido, the 17-year-old kid, did impress? So it shouldn't be a question of how come they're not playing these guys. They don't have to play them if they don't feel they're up to the standards. If anything, that's a question you should be asking Luis Puente and Tepan, those guys. How come the 17-year-old does preseason training he impresses and he's playing and your ass has been at tapatio for all these years and you can't make the move yet that's Man. more on the players if you ask me because i remember i remember tepa gonzalez he did get promoted up to the first team and we we're having striker issues and i thought he was okay and he's a big guy you know he's not a short guy at all but uh for some reason i don't know he just didn't he might not have impressed uh Paunovic. and uh i don't agree with like Tapatio letting Campillo go to Juarez and uh, Sebas. I felt like those guys should have should have broken into the Chivas first team. Especially Sebas. That's a player that we've been like, you know, bitching and moaning about for a long time that like no one's given him a, a fair shake. But uh, obviously out there in uh, Juarez, they're doing well. And we'll probably end up losing those guys. Either way, though, I mean, look. We were 45 minutes away from winning a championship, but it, do, it does hurt, man. It does hurt that he couldn't close out the game and and, uh, and lift the trophy, you know. To him, forgiving him, Jaime. It's just, it's just yeah. frustrating. It's frustrating. It's like, well, we, we were 45 minutes away from a championship, and uh, he made some mistakes with the substitutions. And since that defeat, man, like, yeah, we, we started off to the season great. We won three in a row, but those were matches that we should have won. And then we go into League's Cup, and and since that we've been in a slumper. I feel like we really haven't haven't played like championship level football. And everyone. I mean, Monterrey is a team. No, they're a good team. Who they lose to Monterrey? Who they lose to? Santos. Yeah, and Santos always been difficult for Chivas. Teams like Santos Pachuca. Especially in recent times, they've had, they even have like, if you see head to head, you know. Um, we haven't beaten Santos in Torreon since 2016. So, yeah, it's, it's been a while. And Monterrey has got a stacked team, but they weren't, you know, they're, they're in eighth position. Yeah, but right now, eighth position doesn't mean much. I mean, look at the difference between. First to eight, what is it? 10, 16 points is two games. San Luis has two bad games, and next thing you know, they could be in fifth or sixth. I mean, it's not that much of a difference either. Mm -hmm. Same thing, fourth place all the way down to eighth. Yeah, it's like a three-point difference. You lose, and now you go from being top four direct to being in eighth. So, I mean, I wouldn't say like that. And then Santos, I mean, they beat Chivas. And then they went to Tigre Stadium and lost three to two. I mean, they gave them a good game, and then they went back home and they beat Pumas. 
So, I mean, Santos seems like after League's Cup, they actually are on the up. So, like I said, man, it's I know it's match day 7th, so 50% of the tournament almost there. But to me, I feel like League's Cup, that whole month break, just disrupted a lot of things. Yeah, it did. So, to me, like mentally, I still feel like it's like week 3, week 4. I want to see where the team's like around Jornada 12, 13 for me to start giving real criticism. I want to see how we do against America, right? Which is coming up. Is it coming up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought, no, wait. Then they... The 16th. Oh, yeah, it is coming up. I was thinking about the international break and everything, but yeah. So even that's weird, too. Who the hell schedules a freaking Super Classico after the international break? Yeah. I feel, I I feel think... like... I think I it was know. because of League's Cup, right? Pretty sure. Yeah, but I feel like you want like the teams to arrive with some momentum. You want like build a story up, yeah. you know, something. Yeah, America's um, they kind of been off and on. Currently sitting in sixth place with the game in hand with eleven points. Quinones though continuing to score, and he's really been the uh, the hot topic, right? You know. Jimmy Lozano called up his players for these international matches, these international friendlies. And although he was not, uh, he, he could not be called up because of uh, paperwork, he was invited to join um, the training camp. And the Selección Twitter handle is going crazy, posting photos of him in the uniform and in the training gear. I mean... I think what I've asked you guys before, but, you know, how do you guys feel about Quinones? Does he deserve to play for the national team? Um, are you guys for it? Are you guys against it? Talk to me. I'm for it. I don't see anything wrong with it. He's been there since he was youth. His whole career in Max. I'm not for it in the sense that it's like, you know, you always prefer to have Mexican talent, but Mexican talent is not there. So I'm not against it. But I didn't actually know it was drama until I got on Mexican Twitter. And then <laughs> people are throwing the word like racism around that a lot of people don't want him on the team because they're racist. And I'm like, who the hell doesn't want him? Like, is it because he plays for America or what? Because he's made his whole career. And then, uh, you know, that uh, guy, I think he's from Monterrey, the really obese one that does sports takes. Yeah, bro, you're gonna have to be. Oh, are you talking about the fat guy from? He's yeah. on. He's on Fox now. I think so. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, the guy who like had that whole monologue about Ochoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I saw his hot take today, and he's like, he's like, you're not gonna lie to me. They're trying to sell us Quinones like if he was like the seventh wonder of the world. Uh, he's like, if he was so amazing, how come he's not with Colombia? He should have been with Colombia, like, in the 2014 World Cup. And since then, you know, they're just giving us trash. Like, he shouldn't be on the team. He's not that good, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, are you guys really making drama out of this? And mm -hmm. even your hot take doesn't make sense. Absolutely. Because uh, 2014 World Cup, the guy was 16. You want him in the 2014 <laughs> World Cup at 16? If he was at the 2014 World Cup at 16, he wouldn't even have been in the Liga <laughs> Mekis in the first place. Yeah. But, no, I didn't know there was actual controversy, so I got on Mexican Twitter. I'm like, to me, it's the same thing with Santi. The guy was born, you know, outside of Mexico. He's made his career in Mexico. 
and he goes to the national team. I see him Mexican. I don't see why there's drama. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's drama with Quinones with Potros. I think there's drama with Quinones with Mexicans Isa. in Mexico. All right, so here's my question. When did Quinones get to Mexico? 1718? Uh, he was 2016. He arrived with a Tigres uh, 2016. 23 team yeah. or something. All right, because here's the thing, man. We can't put him on the same boat as a Devote. All right? Like, it's completely different. Santi was raised in Mexico. He's like fucking three steps away from being born in Mexico. All right. That's the thing. I'm not saying that Quinones doesn't deserve the spot. I'm just saying don't put him on that same boat. All right. Like there's a clear difference. If anything, Santi is nothing more but a fucking Mexican dreamer. All right. <laughs> he was brought to Mexico <laughs> as a young child. He grew he knew nothing more than Mexico. He has pledged his alliance to Mexico. So no mammy sweet. It's a completely yeah, but different they have made their soccer career here, and that's as far as starting up. The guy didn't arrive here as a refuerzo stellar to Tigres. No, they bought some young 17, 18-year-old Colombian kid and brought him to their Sue Bainte team. He's made his whole soccer career here. He's married to a Mexican, has Mexican kids. Oh, yeah? And, and no, like, dude, 100%. Like, he deserves a fucking chance. Like, it was in, like, Colombia... You know, it's, if even if Colombia tried to call him up, it's been pretty clear that no, he's made his life here, his whole soccer career. He was called he's up, Mexican. right? Yes, he, he has was. Mexican family now, and he wants to be Mexican. It seems like he plans on putting roots down in the country. I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't know where this narrative is. I would say, unlike most situations when it comes to naturalizados, I don't think he's had, like, hidden motives or hidden intentions. I think he's always declared his love for Mexico and he's wanted to, you know, represent us. Um, it's not like other players that just weren't good enough to play for their national team and they're kind of using Mexico as, like, the scapegoat. Exactly. I will say, like, though, I mean, he was part of Randy the U-20. Huh? Look at Randy Arosarena. Oh, baseball. I mean, his situation baseball is classic. a little bit different, though. No, but, but it's look, the same Randy thing. does, like, does make a good example. Because Randy, if he wanted to, he could play for Cuba and be one of their star players. So that's where it's like true love. It's not like he chose Mexico because Mexico is superior at baseball than Cuba, or he would have been the nobody on Cuba. No, he would have been the star player on either team. Mm -hmm. So that's real love. Same thing and with Quinones. You know, but he's Mexico... not killing it in Europe. Like, maybe who's their. Uh, Colombian strikers Luis, around Luis Diaz at Liverpool. Yeah. And then, you know, Cuadrado, I guess, even though Cuadrado's, I don't know how old nah, Cuadrado I think, is, I but I think he's been around in a But I mean, like, he could compete in the sense of, like, you know, being that second option striker, third option. And I'm sure he would do well there if he was happy, but looks like he's genuinely happy in Mexico since he's, like, made his life there. No, I think that's what Colombians were saying, that, like, he's not even good. Like, they don't care. He's not good enough to play for our national team right now. I think that's the criticism that Colombians are saying about him. Yeah, you wouldn't know. That's what you say after your chick dumps you. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> I don't want her anyway. I mean, look, I'm looking at their national team, and, like, they all play in Europe, bro. 
So I think that's like their whole like argument is like this guy's not even good enough to play in Europe. You guys can have him. Blah 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 blah. And look, I I have no problem with Quinones. I I do think that we do have a striker problem, and he is a solution to that. Him and uh, Sante Jimenez, right? And that should be a wake up call for all these other Mexican kids that are trying to uh, you know make it to the national team. It's like hey, these are the guys. That are that are beating you right now, like that should motivate you, infuriate you, and and want to do better. But don't blame them. I would not blame the players for taking up the the green jersey and and taking advantage of the situation. Like it's not their fault. And uh, I do think that the Mexican media is kind of like, you know, anytime there's a conversation about Naturalizados, there's always you know, uh, it's always a polarizing topic. What I will say, though, is in the history of Naturalizados, it's like, have any of them actually made a difference? Have they made such an impact that without them, we would have, like, failed? Because I can't... Bozo. Nah, Bozo? Yeah. He's Canada. Mexico, if they put Mexico in the hex, they would have not made it to the hexagonal. And they would have missed the World Cup. What year was that? That was 2010 World Cup? It's insane. We're, we're, we're just talking about like one goal, though. I'm talking about like. No, a, but it's. Dude, but it's no, dude missing the World Cup? Come on, man. No, because. We could have done without that World Cup. Took you to a World Cup and won a World Cup. That's the difference you're thinking about. But he made a ah, difference. No, he I'm talking about like a... those three months he was there or that short period. They needed an emergency. They broke the glass, brought the naturalizado, and he took care of business. He made he avoided yeah. a, you know, Joel's favorite word, a fracaso. <laughs> like he was there. You know who I think who perfect example? Cubo Torres. Is Cubo Torres a Chivas legend? No. But he scored that important goal against Puebla. That avoided relegation, and that's why Chivas fans, you know, old heads, they love Kubo because he didn't have an amazing Chivas career, but that goal he scored against Puebla and avoided potential relegation, he will always be loved for that goal. It's the same thing with Wusso. He avoided it. that fracaso for them, so he was successful in what they wanted from him. But, I mean, I get that. Like, all right, he scored an impactful goal. We could have potentially missed out on the World Cup. All right, I'll give him that. But, it, like, if you really look at the players that we've called up over the years, right, Gabriel Caballero, we we, we look at uh, Sinha, we look at uh, who else? Uh, Leandro Augusto, Damian Alvarez, Lucas Ayala. Like, dude, we've had players put on the jersey and did absolutely nothing. And it's like... But honestly, I don't even think it's their fault. I think it's the Federacion fault. I think Federacion goes to naturalizados when it's got to patch something up quick. You know, we have yeah. an emergency, break the glass. There's not like a naturalizado that has been like, yo, you know, long-term project. Most naturalizados, they get called out by the current coach, and that coach leaves, and you don't hear again from them. I feel like Senior yeah, was, 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 was at the end of his career. Yeah, Leandro Russo would have been good. He was at the end of his career. Uh, Franco was in his fault. They, they took him injured. I wouldn't blame him. Oh, yeah. We had Chaco. I would have done the same. Oh, yeah. Chaco. No, I Franco. As far as playing-wise, I think at that, I mean, the team didn't achieve, like, 
greatness that fans want. But as far as Cena, there yes. was no Mexican player that could do he, what Cena was doing. And he wasn't taken when he was at the top of his game. You know, that's that's where I think the Federación, you know. Well, it was like Liga Mekis, Sinedine, Sedan, man. It was, that was uh, a great naturalizado. No, I think Signa was the only one that you can be like, okay, this guy had longevity with the national team. He scored in World Cup qualifying matches. He scored in the World Cup. He also scored well, in the... In, cycle, though, right? And he scored in the Confederations yeah. Cup as well. So it's like, I'll give Signa like, the benefit of the doubt. But let's do. I do need to remind you all that he was picked over Cuauhtémoc Blanco. And you can also throw in Bofo. Oh, no. And, and that, to me, is criminal. No, that was... That, uh, I don't think, you could have had both. You could have had both. The one he took was his nephew. That's the guy that kept so Blanco I Bofo as club player, but national team. I probably would have taken Senior over Bofo as well. Cuauhtémoc That's Blanco, exactly though, it. Yes. Blanco uh, I disagree there. Cuauhtémoc being Mexican and the baller, Mexican national team. Yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't have done that. Honestly, I would have taken both. Yeah, but well, both of them didn't have much of a national career. His his attitude kept him out, so the the coaches were. He was our secret weapon against Argentina. Both were great club player, <laughs> national team player. Uno más. He didn't get much of a chance, though. It's not like he. Kept I think the referee out. ran more than both did in that no. in that World Cup mean? match. Most of a chance. You can't. You guys are saying that these youth players in Europe have to earn it. And now you're saying all these guys should be given chances? If he didn't earn his chance, that's the way I see it. He didn't earn it. He oh, of course, the words on my part. He, but yeah, he, like, was, he was super inconsistent. He had like one good game and disappears for three, four games and has another good game. He's still iconic. No, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's his attitude. Uh, uh, I think that cost him his attitude. Because I remember I either had even, I think it was it in the, Nagiris, is it Nagiris first? In his first go ahead. But yeah, like I know a lot of coaches would always have problems with him. He was just difficult. Uh, he was just, he liked going against the grain. And I like the story Westerhoff talks about him, where he tells the players, okay, I expect you tomorrow, bring your trainers, like you have to wear this. And he said they both, you know, showed up wearing like a completely different outfit. And it was like, you know, he was like, all right, he's one of these guys, you know. Uh, and so I think that's that's ultimately him wanting to do shit like that. I don't know if he he took a page from Mohammed and oh, wait, was it was he with was he with Turco? Who? Bofo? See, yeah, I don't, I don't care about all those things. You know, you could be a cigarette smoker, whiskey drinker, or donate blood and like help refugees on oh, the free time. Okay. I, I could care less which one you go with. To me, it's just on-field consistency. And to me, Bofo, Marco Fabian, Alexis Vega, the, they have all pissed me off for the same reason. You know the <laughs> talents there. And you know they could be much more. Oh, and trophies as well. You know they could do a lot more. But that consistency was never there. Nope. And uh, everyone that praises Bofo, myself included, is more like that nostalgia, you know, yeah. 1 to 2006. But I remember as a fan watching and getting so pissed because, yep. like, it'd be 90 minutes of him doing nothing. And you're like, this dude is a baller, like, talent-wise. 
Where's that magic? <laughs> Where's that through ball? Where's, you know, something. And then the next game, te da un partidazo, and then he disappears three. But same yeah. thing. Lexis Vega, Marcos Fabian, trophies, all the same problem. Inconsistent as hell. Their only consistency yeah, no, was their inconsistency. Correct. Nothing that there was lack of, lack of discipline on both of us part. No, the, the reason I think Turco was because he sort of copied his style. Like, cut the ponytail, uh, would dye his hair, cut it bald. And, I, I, and I'm trying to remember if they were ever in the same. Or was he with Abreu? Abreu uh, Tacos? Abreu and Bofo play together, but I don't think oh, Turco did. No, not Turco. He probably just, he probably just liked the swag. <laughs> he liked the style. Or it was just coincidence. Either or. Yeah, look. Again, like, Singh is really the only one I can think of that was like, all right, you know, the... The gamble paid off, and he did represent Mexico, and uh, he did a great job doing it. But if you look at our, you know, our trial and error, man, like the naturalizados have just not been effective. And I think for the first time, I mean, I think Inez can be that guy. We'll see. Authentic about it, like he. Proudly wants to represent a Mexican jersey. He sees himself as Mexican. So if he keeps it up, I'm sure he can. But it's, you also got to ignore the noise. Like, America fans are criticizing him because, you know, they're saying he's not living up to the hype. But I feel like he scores, like, pretty much every game for them. As far as I can, like, think about, yeah, he's, he's already got four goals in five games. What more do you want? Well, I guess... The fact that America is not in first place and, like, you know, killing it or whatever, they're taking that on him. I don't know what they were expecting, two, three goals a game, but there's a lot of fans that are complaining. America fans are complaining about him. So that's what I'm saying. You can't please everyone. You ignore the noise. It's because like he's not. He's guy from Multimedios. He's not tiring out the defense like Henry Martin can. Exactly. Just got to tire him out. Oh, man. Quinones, man. We'll see how he does. He's uh, 26 years of age, so he'll be just under 30 when the World Cup kicks off. Who knows? prime. And then also those Colombianos, man, they can suck it because they're criticizing him. Oh, we don't need him. He's not in Europe. He's a bum. Like, you can have him. Hey, man, if anything, criticize Mexican soccer. The fact that we truly don't, outside of Santi, but even Santi, you know, if it played out in our benefit of his dad making a career here, but that kid's not naturally born Mexican. There's literally no beaners in Europe or in Liga Mekis or MLS <laughs> killing it, man. There's no Mexican strikers. There's no natural born strikers doing work right now. No, but that's the league. You know, that's that was all consequence of the league with, with the amount of foreigners they buy and no, the majority but is, the it's all attacking like, players. It's, uh, what's his name? Um, what is his name? The guy who, oh, Lilini. He said he discovered like 60, 70 
Mexican players playing around the world that, you know, could be possible guys just keep an eye on, see how they develop. Same thing. There's no random guys to, like, you know, grew up in the U.S. and then they move over to Europe, try to make a name for themselves. There's not a Mexican offensive player, whether he comes from Liga Mekis, MLS, or he was born in Europe or something. No one. And the like, one that did, we we he, he we we brought him back to Tapatio. <laughs> <laughs> it's dry out there, guys. It's it's really dry out there. Dick Chain is going to take over the under twenty three uh, Mexican national team. Dude, why do we? Wait, even... so what happened there? What? I know there was already a coach, but there was some type of. Well, wasn't Jimmy the coach? Wasn't he in charge of the under twenty three? No, the coach was uh, no, no. Nosa, who coached Tapatio to that title. He went over there, and then Puebla just signed him as a coach. Oh yeah, because they got so that's its own drama. Like, how the hell did you accept this position? You were cool with it, and then the first team that comes knocking on your door, especially Puebla, money, dude. But it's like, no, I get that, but I'm like, who dropped the ball there? Obviously, you didn't vet them well enough. Yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, he called up Rodrigo Huescas, Roberto de las Rosa. Marcel Ruiz, Edson Ayon, and Brian Gonzalez as far as uh, offensive players. And I'm like, why do we have a U23? Like, if you're good, you should just play for the starting national team. And I know De La Rosa has been called up before. But, like, Marcel Ruiz, like, you, you know, you, I think we talked about him a, a last pod. But he's been, he's been balling for a while now, and he's barely just getting – his flowers but better not you know it had to come yeah and then there's no tournament right this would have been olympics they have no tournament that they're yeah so who the fuck are they gonna be playing (laughs) they're gonna be playing uh we're playing the coach colombia and uh yeah colombia that's it I don't know why. I mean, honestly, yeah. there's, I guess it was already on the schedule, so you got to fit it. And then maybe Jimmy Lozano, since he can't call up 46 guys, he'll like have some guys on that U23 yeah. that he wants to keep an eye on and see how they are in the locker room and shit like that. That makes that, that for that reason, is very useful. And you can, you know, to get all this uh, PT. And maybe they already had the budget for the team had qualified for the Olympics. One thing yeah, I noticed is playing. the Necaxa Wonderkin isn't isn't on that list. Where's Jurado? I don't know. Uh, Jairo Torres. I didn't even know he was doing well at Chicago Fire. Or at least well enough to get called up. Fidel Ambris, the player that she was trying to go after. And then... Yeah, you know, like Fidel Ambriz, you know, if he hits a stride, that's a guy who could play on the first team. Uh, but then there's guys on there that, honestly, I don't watch Liga Mekis to that point to give yeah. you an honest opinion, like uh, Andres Montaño, midfielder for Mazatlán. Zero idea who that is. 
I don't know who uh, Edson Ayon is from Querétaro. Mm, yeah, neither do I. En Raimundo Fulgenico. Oh, I think, yeah, that kid, uh, he's decent. The Tigres one? Yeah. Yeah, at least he did decent for them in Champions League. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys on there that I don't I don't know if, you know, if they're starting right now, if they're on the bench, if they're in the spot, you know, I don't know. Like uh, One observation is, uh, I think there's only one player from America. <laughs> Dick Chain showing his alliance. Yes, sir. Yeah, so Mexico has those up-and-coming friendlies. Uh, what do you guys want to see out of Jimmy Lozano against Australia and Uzbekistan? Style of play, regardless of the score. Whether it's zero zero one zero two zero three zero, could care less. Consistency. Don't want to see like a, you know, like a real well team, not like a team where they depend on an individual spark and individual play to change the out the outcome. Uh-huh. But no, like where you see an actual identity, you see that they've been practicing that there's a style. I agree. You know, whether the goals go in or not, that's a different story. But you see, there's actually something you know, an idea of how to play the game that a coach is trying to establish. And I don't want to see it just for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, for the majority of the game. Yeah, you know, I agree. He did sort of adopt the Gold Cup team. Like, it wasn't his pickings. And, I mean, we did get to see some of his style unfold there. But I think this is, like, the first uh, first look at his philosophy and his vision for the Mexican national team. And uh, I expect positive results, you know? I mean, Australia is accessible. Uzbekistan, I can't even name you a player. So these are matches that are expected to be victories. I just want to say, Australia made it out of their uh, group stage in Qatar. Oh, they did? Yeah, I think they lost to who? Argentina? Argentina. Then was it Argentina? Or am I thinking about somebody else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Argentina. They lost two to one round of sixteen. Huh. What group did they get out of? They got out of I'm not entirely sure. Give me one second. Let me see. They were in Ecuador. And oh no, never mind. Denmark, Damn. Tunisia, and France, and they got out. Damn! Everyone would expect the Denmark and France to make it out of that one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm saying, man, the the global game is closing down as far as like the gaps. You still have the gaps between the powerhouses teams and everyone else. But you got to remember, Mexico is everyone else. As far as <laughs> everyone else, that gap there, you know, between these countries is not like what the Mexican media tells you. Oh, it's Australia. We should beat them 5-0. Why didn't we win 5-0? Wow, we only beat Australia 1-0. Like, what are we going to do in the World Cup? We're terrible. And eh, it's a bunch of noise. 
We have our number one fan joining us tonight, Ricardo. Welcome to the pod, man. How's it going? We're doing good, man. What's the topic of conversation? Uh, you know, we were talking about uh, naturalizados and if they are worthy of playing for the national team, and if any of them have actually panned out. Uh, I know. I I'm actually curious to know how you feel about Quinones now that he's a uh, your player. I enjoy hearing that argument because when say when people say none of the naturalizados planned out, I would I would counter that by saying how many Mexicans wearing the damn Mexico jersey have planned out. <laughs> That's fair enough. Like like people keep like I I saw that com that tweet that you shared. I made like like if <clears throat> if, if 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 you expect uh, Quinones to being Liverpool and all these big teams, like, why the hell would you look at Mexico? Like, I, I get the argument. If if he's so good, why is he playing for Colombia? But I, I would argue, I mean, didn't you guys just see him just pretty much trash the entire league, uh, league for an entire year? You wonder, like, you can't name you another Mexican player that's as good as him. Not even your boy, Henry Martin? Well, depending on where you plan, because everyone's uh, thinking, I would put him on the wing. Mm. Not really a striker, even though they have him there right now, you know? Yeah. Hey, but I overheard. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get, like, what well, typical, like, I'm not. Let's go, round one. I'm not going to pick on her baby, but just Mexicans <laughs> in general, they, they always make the excuse for the foreigner. And my guy, my tocayo, Ricardo Pelais, he built that championship team. He brought in El Polvo Guzman. That was a transfer. He, he got done before he left. So why is this other guy getting all the credit for it? He's foreigner. He brought in the coach. Look at your complaints about coach. You're, you're only as good as the players you got, man. Yeah, but I mean, coaching that has to click. You told me after uh, Chepo got fired, if it would have been Matias that came in, but a different coach, like, I don't know, Sergio Bueno or somebody, that they would achieve the same success they had with Matias. Maybe, maybe they would achieve even much more success, but it doesn't mean they would have. Same thing, if Pauno doesn't come in and some other coach comes in, there's no guarantees they would have made that final. But what about the criticism for the signings? You know that's a double standard. What What do you mean? Like, give me an I example. Mean, I mean, if Be just, Pelai just for spent example, 40 if, million if Belize brought in a third division goalkeeper from nowhere, from damn fourth division Spain, <laughs> Lugo, or whatever the hell, that, I couldn't find that place Wale. on the map if you point Wale. out. Oh, the players. Yeah, but he would have been hanged. 40 million. He would have been crucified. And you know One that. One guy didn't spend 40 million, man. That's the difference. Well, who who well, would you have gotten with those 40 who, million? Alexis Pena or whatever his name is. I don't even remember his name, but 
He never did anything at Chivas. I think he played like one or two games, if at all. And I think he's back with Nakaksa or something. Yep. And Chivas still hasn't paid Nakaksa for that. Yeah, that's a total fail. And that was one of Pelas guys. So if he brought in Wally from God knows where in Spain, and he probably paid two hundred k or no, he was a free agent. He was a free agent. Yeah, he has a low salary, and it doesn't pan out. As far as the health of the club, it doesn't really affect you that bad. The decisions that Pelaz took, it does affect the health of the club because those that's big money being spent that didn't pan out. So why would I criticize one guy that spent $40 million with less compared to a guy who's not even spending much? Same thing with Ricardo Marin. If Ricardo Marin doesn't pan out, okay, how much do you think they paid Salaya for? Not even the million. So he's just signing guys for the heck of it then. I wouldn't say signing guys for the heck of it. That's but what it looks like. They look like they're planned. They're like moves that are like researched to a degree. A third division goalkeeper that's Spanish. I don't know found... why they brought him. I don't know why they brought him. I'm not saying well, I that, agree well, with that's, one, that's one but of the main I'm things I'm talking about. Low cost. If it pans out, you look like a genius. If it doesn't, it doesn't really affect you in a negative well, yeah. way. You got to give him some minutes to see if it pans out or not, man. I mean, well, has he earned the minutes? Maybe he hasn't earned it on during practice. And then also, that's a way you lose the locker room as well. How are you just going to randomly bench the guy who, you know, he might make mistakes or not? I don't don't want him minutes to start. I don't want to watch it to start. But at the same time, if I was the coach, I wouldn't bench him right away. The guy just took me to a final. He made mistakes, but so did I. So how the hell am I going to bench him and throw him off out the window when the same could be done to me? Because I made mistakes as a coach as well. All right, this, but you, you're guy giving too much credit to that final, man. I mean, come on. Two out last fake penalties you guys didn't get. Come on. like Not that much credit for Chivas, all right? No, but... But uh, I seen on Twitter all the chi, all the chi hermanos were happy with that. With that 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 European superstar Wilkie, or yeah, Wilk, the, the the kid that just uh, joined Tapatio, he's a. Uh, I seen uh, on America Twitter they were saying that uh, you guys pretty much got uh, America's leftovers, man. Sloppy like seconds. Amer- like America didn't want that bum. I think you just sound mad that the, you guys missed out on him. Nah, I mean, <laughs> hey, I mean, how could he? How could he be? How good could he be if? Seconds. How good could he be if? I mean, look how many teams like he just hopped around from uh, Town, European teams Town to the Wilkie. youth system. Yeah, he no. never even started for any of the teams, man. We, uh, Eleven goals in fourteen games. What do you want? That's not terrible. What? He had eleven goals in fourteen games with his last club. That was a second division team guy. Guy, it's a club like Joel says. Playing time is playing time. I mean, it's not even the second division. It's like the, it's like the Jong team, right? Like, Stia or whatever for Real Madrid or Barca too. I mean, it's the same argument. Like, he didn't do nothing, and he's coming. And and uh, one of the reasons why he didn't want to come to America because supposedly, quotation marks, he didn't want to compete for a starting job. I mean, that shows you why he failed in Europe to begin with. We talked if about anything, him. That shows you why he's going to Chivas. We uh, we talked about him earlier. I'm skeptical about his ability. 
I mean, now, here's the question, Ricardo. Era, era roja o no? Porque no mames, cabrón, no era. Was the penalty on Valdez a penalty or no? Yeah, ves, ves, esa era la polémica que quería hablar. Y el pinche codazo de Quiñones en el área, ¿qué? And the red card for Antuna? A que vean, cabrones, fue un pinche buen clásico. <laughs> hey, y luego los putazos en los locker rooms, ¿o qué? Was Or has that, have you, have you seen anything okay. about that? Huh? Have you seen anything about that? Que se armaron los putazos en, en los túneles? No, but, uh, well, they were, they were, uh, throwing fisticuffs at the end of the game. I saw not, well, like, trying to throw fisticuffs, cachetadas. Yeah, bro, and then Juan Escobar left the Cruz Azul locker rooms and went to find Quiñones y se partieron la madre entre los dos. Uh, I got my money on the big black guy. Hey, but one thing about that I got to say is that typical Mexican, man, Charlie Rodriguez, he fell for the Sudaca dark art, the dark arts, the tricks, the Sudaca tricks. But you can't be losing your head for some contact like that, man. Bro, it wasn't even contact. He just, he was just creating space. That's all it was. Usted es con pinche floppy nada cato. Ah, me metieron un putazo. Soy puto. No, but that, that's typical Suzaka behavior. You watch the uh, the Libertadores or the South American leagues. That's where they get it from, man. And, no, and Mexicans, bro, they always fall behavior, for that. That's typical behavior, bro. Nah, I'm like, I'm a merga, pero me metes un putazo y de volada. Well, that's why he got a red card, man. No mames, way. And you know he got fouled, like, three times before that one. It wasn't even an elbow, bro. He just put up his forearm. But it, it, it it's a weak call, but you can't do that in front it's of the ref. It's a stupid weak call, That's just being dumb. Yo, were you watching the game live? Did you see the VAR play that was being played for the referee? They were playing it in high speed. They weren't playing it in real time. Hey, man, those are just the little tricks on America to pull out the W. I know, pinche televisión, it goes for something. Speaking about uh, red cards, what did you guys think of that uh, defensive move the other day? The coupling of the balls. <laughs> I mean, wait until you guys play Las Nalgas de Mexico. Like, well, going to get all up the, in there. What, what, what was that about? The cu coupling so, of a... <laughs> I, uh, it was uh, it was uh, was it last week. A uh, player got sent off because he, uh, when he was, you know, behind the player, he. Oh, he poked him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. remember. Oh, bro, he didn't poke him. He gave him a prostate exam. <laughs> Would you guys call him El Dedos number two? El Dedos. <laughs> the, no, wait, más como la muñeca. You know that she used to. I know in older football that that was a thing. That was a move. Bro, we were taught it in high school. And it's one of those things where, like, you know, before there was cameras everywhere, you know, players would get away with that kind of shit. The, the tricks that I keep telling you about, the, I, I, I forget what player mentioned this, that he wouldn't take a bath for, like, before the game or something. Mm-hmm. And to like create like a, or he, they wouldn't brush their teeth and they'd have that poop breath, right? Yeah. 
and they get they get right close to them so they make them uncomfortable. That's so gross, man. I know that used to happen in the UFC too, huh? But then they finally changed it where you had to. Like they wouldn't take showers and stuff. Mm. Well, uh, I'm more of a boxing guy, man. I don't really watch the oh. UFC. Yeah, I, I remember there was a guy who would always go into the into the what do they call it? It's not the ring, is it? I don't know what they call it in octagon. Octagon. Yeah, he would go in there with a toothpick, and he would fight with a toothpick in his mouth. I'm like, bro, how do you fight with a toothpick, man? Shit's crazy. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I thought that that foul was interesting. Red card. I wonder if he has uh, typical to typical Sunday league play. I wonder if he has to go to like uh, anger management after that, or has to watch an HR video after that. I don't know. I feel like the streets approve. If you play in Mexican Sunday League, you see that move be applied multiple times. Mm. Or nothing like going up for a corner and the opposing defender like literally squeezes your balls. Now you got two options. You punch him and get a red, or you ignore it, and then he's in your head all game. Mm-hmm. That's Sunday League behavior, man. I'm glad some people are still performing the dark arts. <laughs> Oh man! Hey, but did you guys see that 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 guy called El Jordi El El Niño Polla Cordizo? And he was styling on Chivas bad, man. Like he was dribbling all over you guys. Oh yeah, dude. Like he's really grown into his own. Like you know who what you know who brought that out of him? El Arcamón. Because before that, when he was at at Cholos and Querétaro, he didn't even look like half the player he looks like now. Yeah, we're also a big believer that having uh, foreigners or established players, we, not even foreigners, just established players helps. My same argument with Sendejas. When we were saying, oh, Sendejas is killing it with America, I'm like, nah, man. Sendejas is mid what helps Sendejas out is that he has all these international players that represent national teams that are high-caliber players in the league that it makes his job easier, and therefore he looks better. Same thing with this guy. You know, he's good, but it helps that he's on a team like Monterrey that's stacked where he can actually shine because the, you know, Funes Morty and those guys who've been there longer, they're the ones who have the pressure on their back to perform. Would you say the same thing when Macias was at Leon? Yeah, he had a bunch of foreign guys who were more established. Like, uh, what's his name? Who was there? Uh, Mena? Mena's like a Liga Mekis established player. I mean, he had foreign offensive guys. Uh, sorry, I don't know why I keep saying foreign. He had established guys who were like, you no, quote-unquote say veterans. You had it, right? It was pressure foreign. off them. It's foreigners, man, not Mexicans. Established foreigners. Okay, well, established foreigners, but he had that to take the pressure off him. So that's why you see a lot of those guys, you know, a lot of people say, oh, la camisa pesa. No, man, it's not even la camisa. It's not the same thing playing with a bunch of bums or playing with established guys. I think Macias, though, uh, 
you know, un- unlike his comrades at Guadalajara, he came from money. He had enough money for a personal trainer and nutritionist. And obviously that rubbed the other academy players the wrong way because these dudes were literally on a trial for their life, right? Trying to make into the first team. And like, I think they, it was just a lot of jealousy and he caused a lot of uh, tension in that locker room. And he even admitted it too. when they interviewed him when he first left Chivas. I remember you guys mentioning that podcast he was on with uh, that guy, uh, Canelo Angulo, right? That podcast they would do? Yeah. And I remember him mentioning, like, uh, about a certain situation that he was in, that they were playing in, in, I forget if it was Veracruz or, like, another, or I think that when Copa MX was still around, a, a certain team. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one, and he was saying... Uh, Jugando en ese paso tercer mundo, like talking like a straight fresa, right? Like yeah. saying, well, I'm not, I'm not good enough. This field isn't good enough for me to play on. And I was like, oh man, I, I, I can see why they hate this guy. <laughs> he does come off as like, yeah, a, just, like a douche. He came across as preachy. Uh, I guess he meant well though. But you had like the party, the party brigade with, with the trophies and, and co. They were just like, you know, you want to fuck around, and, and he was like, no, dude. <laughs> he was the Chad of the locker room. And, you the know, Chad? he, uh, <laughs> he, was he, 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 you know, his best friend was Steve Sepulveda, right? And in the Chivas, uh, all, you know, prime TV show, they showed that Steve was still living at the academy. Like, he still didn't wasn't making enough money to like buy his own house and live on his own. He was still living at the academy and and then, you know, they go to they go to uh Macias's house and it's this nice ass house. His mom's cooking dinner and he's like over at the house and it's just like, damn, bro, this dude lives in a completely different, you know, world. World. Hey, now that you mentioned, I remember watching that and when they gave El, el tiba, the food, uh-huh. it, it, it looked like they were giving it to like, like, uh, like Oliver Twist, bro. Like, please, uh, small poise, please. <laughs> That's what it looked like. It me, looked man. like they were doing some charity work. Like, oh, este morenito, hay que darle de comer. <laughs> <laughs> no tiene casa, pobrecito. Uh, Savage. <laughs> hey, did you guys talk about that? Uh, about that, Mayo de Tocayo Cadena getting a second chance. Big chain, man. That whole situation. Yes, really it's excellent. Really. Do you have oh. some cheese yeah. for us? Tell us the situation, dude. I missed it. I think they fucked up in the federation, right? I think I think the guy fucked up. The guy that got fired that's jobless now. He didn't know what the hell was going on and he thought he could just leave that, that position easily. And I think there's like a clause or whatever that you can't really do that, you know? Just leave out of the oh. out of no and leave to like a an, another head coaching position. Or even though it was like a youth division where I mean position where he was at. And the, uh there's a guy on this radio show I listen to. Uh, 
on YouTube, and they were talking about this. Not so much Dick Chain getting his shot, because he gets his shot. That's good, but about how no one, no one in Mexico, no one wants to be in those. Firstly, because those positions don't pay anything, but no one wants to be in those positions to like form players, man. Like the first chance they get, they're going to a head coaching job, even if it's Puebla, Querétaro, and these bottom feeder teams. You know, I remember when they were talking about making this council, this bullshit idea that ultimately has been. Like it's a it's a shit show. Like let's be honest, it was just all talk as usual. But if they would have just put La Volpe in charge of all the youth stuff, man, that would have been a big win. Having that by itself. Hmm. No, it, it was gonna be hard because I I do feel La Volpe would have eventually tried to take over the the main national team. Yeah, he's got an ego. You're right. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, part of the ego would have been La Volpe could have. Well, basically, if you're Jimmy, you would have said, I want the team playing this way. Uh, I'm getting an echo from you, Ricardo. Um, yeah, I'm not sure who's got echo. Yeah. Okay, it was, it was Richie. No, um, you know, because that, that's sort of like what you would have, what kind of what the national team has done. Because uh, they did it when uh, Nestor was the coach. You have the team playing the same way. The youth teams that like used the same tactics were similar. And then supposedly Tata also had Jimmy playing the, the youth team uh, running similar things. So yeah, if you're Jimmy, then you would tell La Volpe. You know, I, I don't, I don't want Salida La Volpe now, or I want you to do this. And I don't think it would be in La Volpe to be like, you know, it would probably be the other way around. Hey, I think the senior team should be playing like the U23. Yeah, man. I would like to see um, a well-thought-out project for once, but I don't think we'll see it in our lifetime. You don't think, well... Like, from top to bottom, you know, from the inferiors all the way up to the what? national team, like, this well, is... We had, we, yeah. We had it, Jaime. We had it. The thing is, well, was the Federación let it live out? Because if you look at the whole, the way the national team was run when, when the De La Torres were there, dude, it, it was pretty much a lot of what we would want, how they had, um, you know, how they would have meetings with the top scouts from the top teams in Mexico, and they would recommend players for the youth teams. Mm. I mean, damn, that's, and I hope they would do it again, you know? Um, and, and then just how they had, if you look at how all the youth teams are performing, they were all winning. They, they all were winning in all their categories and, and they were being dominant. Even the national team was dominant um, in their, their um, what was it? The, the, before the hex, the, um, uh, the, the, 
whatever, the pre-hex, and then they won the Gold Cup. That that whole, you know, that operation was being run really good up until when the hexagonal starts and the team fell apart, which was, you know, very unfortunate because there was a, a lot of talent there, mm. uh, which ultimately went, went on to give, I would say that's the best performance in modern times of, of like from 94 up until now that 2014 has been the best uh, that Mexico has has played in World Cups. With America being the base in 2014? <laughs> yes, I, I can. Yeah. Abel, how do you guys feel about, because I know these, these uh, friendlies coming up right against some commie countries and Korea or Australia the second country? Australia and Uzbekistan. Oh, oh yeah. Commie country. Well, how do you guys feel about, like, because this guy's gotten a lot of praise off that Gold Cup win, man. I, I don't think you can really judge him up until he plays that Copa America. Yeah, that's, that's been my take as well. That's going to be... And that's that's pretty much going to be Mexico's biggest biggest tournament, biggest test as well uh, before the World Cup. Yeah, I said earlier, Ricardo, you know, this is the first time that we're getting, um, you know, his players that he called up. You know, I feel like the Gold Cup run yeah. wasn't really like his call. He kind of just came in at the last minute. And uh, this is going to be the first time that we really truly see uh, his style of play implemented. So I'm looking forward to the friendlies and I, I do expect uh, favorable results. And then the Super Classico, right? And then the Super Classico, which is not what I would want after an international break. And I think we can both agree that... Uh, you know, Chivas and America aren't at their full full strength yet. I think the League's Cup kind of put everybody out of a funk. And now we're, you know, we restarted the league. You've had a couple games to get back into rhythm. And then now you have a pause again because of international. So, yeah, it's I, I think the timing of it all is, is not the not the greatest. And and also America not being able to get that final transfer in. I got some cheese for you guys. I think uh, oh, yeah? been, my my theory has been proven right. They even uh, mentioned it in, in uh, Picante today about how Mexico, I mean, America is a uh, black ball from South America, man. It's true. Was it because they made that team that was going broke pay back the player that they never paid? No, that that's. I think that's an after effect of everything. Oh, supposedly my other source, which is like another YouTube guy. He was talking about how it all stemmed from El Piojo getting fired that second time. During the pandemic, remember when uh, I think the Chico, it was the same year as the Chicotazos and losing to that to LAFC and him choking out that coach or getting choked out. Oh, okay. And supposedly his promoters, that guy, Hurtado, uh, that like he's like the Voldemort of Liga MX. Like he he who shall not be named, right? Like he's the guy that's moving the strings. Oh really? I've never heard of him. 
Yeah, it's Carlos. It's with the C. No, I think it's Carlos Hurtado. Yeah, Carlos. Yeah, Carlos Hurtado. Yeah, and he's been pretty, around for a long ass time, dude. Yeah, <laughs> and he pretty much, because uh, you know how these promoters have a, uh, they're pretty much like in, in a syndicate. Like if you like if they, they have like a partnership, South America and going all the way up to Mexico. Like, and this guy's a real like fat cat. In regards to that, and he uh, he has his uh, Uruguay contact, his uh, Uruguay, I mean, well, yeah, Uruguay, his South American contacts, not a Soto America. I remember when uh, Joel was well, to prove his point, America has been con- uh, getting a bunch of trash players, but you, you had to see where they're getting these trash players from MLS, Europe, Cabecita from freaking Saudi. Like these guys aren't allowed to buy in South America because of Piojo getting fired. I don't get it. I, like, what did what did his firing have to do with it? Oh, the way he went out, they didn't like it. Like they like they wanted him to keep going, you know, because that guy has a lot of power in America, supposedly. And the the order came from all the way on top to fire him. And that kind of rubbed them the wrong way. Because right after they fired Piojo, when Solari came in, he was trying to get certain South American uh, signings. I know that guy from River Plate, uh, Nacho Fernandez, I think that's his name, the midfielder. Supposedly that was going to be done, but then they found out that they were blackballed out of nowhere. And he ends up, and Solari can only uh, get trash transfers. Like this Colombian guy that he didn't score, he didn't like he didn't do anything for America. He just showed up for once. He played oh, for Santos. Roger Martinez? No, another guy. What's his name? Uh, I forget. He's such a bum. I forget his name. <laughs> like he didn't, do, he didn't do crap at Santos, but he got a, mo- a multi. He got like a five million transfer to America, and that didn't really make any sense. Oh, I think I know. <sighs> Was he a black? Oh, he was a real. Was he a, a real guy? bum? Yeah, a black guy. He's a real bum. Uh, I so, forgot, man. Was he a striker? I think he was a winger. Hmm. I remember he was getting uh He was so bad the the America fans were chanting racist stuff at him. Hmm. And like you didn't try to defend them, but they told like you to fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, so so America's in a sticky situation, man. So you're saying that they just don't have any riz anymore. No riz. No riz and bad uh they're blackballed, man. I mean Otero. There you go. Uh Otero. There you yeah, that ball. He's playing in Europe right now, right? He's at Sporting Gijon, which is owned by a Mexican, right? Orlegi. And where did he originally come from before he went to America? Santos. Santos. Mm-hmm. See this. So, so ah. it's a crazy situation they're in, man. Not to make excuses, but it's an excuse. Wait, so you're saying Grupo Orlegi? 
No, I'm saying America is pretty much is pretty much forced to either buy from Liga MX, MLS, or Europe. Like South America. Oh yeah, I know that, but but I wouldn't think it's because of of um Yoko. Because he's been close to America where I just don't see him like doing something to sabotage, you know, like to that that he would be with a promoter. He went there twice. He was backed in the national team through them. I don't know who his promoter is, but I mean, if if you just make the Santos player connection, that more likely would be like Orlegi, right? With with if Orlegi Group Orlegi has has some 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 play in that, and that would kind of make sense of how Orlegi kind of took over the national team, except they weren't officially they weren't. But they were, <laughs> and then how they, you know, they got booted out unceremoniously um, out of the national team and and their, and, and their coach. And I also read somewhere that completely went under the radar. America got sued for like a hundred million dollars for some reason. Damn, I think it's a a TV. Uh, a U.S. TV station, something about World Cup rights, that the hmm. Alpha America or Televisa. Oh, yeah, both. All right, same no, it's uh, uh, potato. Uh, yeah, same uh, thing. Buddy. No, it's not. But come on. And I think something to do with Alpha too, but they're not taking the heat because they're broke. Muerto de hambre. Televisa is going to take the hit. Hmm. And that has <laughs> been they've been dealing with that behind the scenes. So that kind of explains why they don't have cash like that. Oh, man. You got your excuses all ready to go when we whoop your ass <laughs> in that Super Clasico, huh? Nah, it should be good. I think both teams are pretty even right now. But uh, did, did you guys see that the, 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 the chosen one, Brandon Vasquez, is going to go to Cruz Azul? I heard his name being thrown out at Rayados and now Chemos. Yeah, I I, uh, I could see that happening. He's going to flop on his face. I think so. I think there's a difference between playing in... Um, where does he play right now? In Cincinnati and in the MLS where the defending is horrible. And then going to Ciudad de Mexico, having to deal with the altitude and the weights of, of playing for uh, either Cruz Azul or Rayados. Yeah, I think it's a big deal. It's not for everybody. He can still play for Chivas, right? Yeah, he can play for Chivas. Um, even though he doesn't play for the Mexican national team, he he was born in Mexico, right? Or was he? I think he's a pocho. Let me see. I think he was born in uh. Oh yeah, Chula Vista. Yeah, so he's Mexican American. <clears throat> 
I think it'd be good for the league. I'm curious to see how he, you know, how he sticks out, you know. Hey, if it ever got to that, would you guys be okay with extranjeros? Naturalized, of course, but still extranjeros. You know, I asked that like question. I asked that question today in the Discord for uh, Chivas del Norte, and it was an overwhelming no. What about you guys? I don't know. Zero. I, I wouldn't be the same type of fan. I mean, it'd be hard to say that I wouldn't be a fan again because, you know, it's already, like, part of my identity. But I think it would, at that point, it would become a reader view mirror for me. I would probably tune in to Madrid games more than Chivas games. At that point, it'd be like, eh. If they win, they win, but I wouldn't tune into the games. I wouldn't keep up with the news because it's it's a whole identity being changed. It's not the club I grew up on. Until they started winning. Right, have you? No, man, because it's not a thing. If I care about winning, uh, then that's, for example, Madrid. I like about Madrid how they always go for the best foreigners and things like that. That's where I get that fix, but I don't need that fix from Chivas. I don't follow okay, Chivas because they play with Mexicans. I became a Chivas fan because I liked the jersey. My grandpa was watching a Chivas Cruz Azul game, and I liked the jersey. Half my family's Toluca fans. Half my other family's Cruz Azul fans. I'm the only Chivas fan. So, no, I didn't become a Chivas fan because it's Mexicans only. But once I grew into it and, like, I found out about it, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But I was already a fan way before I knew that. But it's part of the club identity that I support now. So, no, if you change the whole club identity, then it's not the team you fall in love with, man. It's, that's all that's all comes down to. You fall in love with a person, and if that person changes, you fall out of love with them. Just because they get hotter, they go get a BBL, doesn't mean you fall in love again. You want might want to fuck them, but it's an emotional thing. So, yeah, if, even if they went and got naturalizados and they started w winning, it's not the same club I fell in love with. What if it, it garners a new Campionissimo era? Like eight titles in a row. You're telling me with a straight face, you'd say, oh, I wouldn't care? I'm telling you, it's not the same club I fell in love with. No, so, I'm not like that. I told I'm you in the beginning, like I told you in the beginning, I can't just say, you know how people say, oh, I wouldn't be a fan anymore. I stopped watching whatsoever. You can't, man. You've been watching the team for so many decades. And even if they did win get naturalizados, you would still watch. But that doesn't mean you would celebrate in the same way or would feel the same. I will not lie that when you win a title and then you look at the fact that it was like Mexicans only and, you know, you beat like a stacked team like Tigres with all these refuerzos and stuff, the win hits different. It completely hits different than watching like Real Madrid win with all these foreigners against other foreigners. It's a different kind of feeling. It's not the biggest feeling. It's not what has the biggest influence, but it's a different feeling. You're like, oh shit, los mexicanos somos chingones, no la pelan. I don't yeah, believe it. Would the win still feel good if they had foreigners? Yeah, but like I said, it's not the team that I fell in love with, and I wouldn't go out of my way to watch your games. Currently, you'd, you'd I do have go out of my way to watch out, your games. Yeah. You'd have what? your pom-poms out with the, with the, <laughs> nah, with the little shit. gold flesh, nah. man. 
right now I go out of my way to watch the games. So that means like if there's a party or some shit, I watch the game, then I go to the party. If it was all foreigners and stuff, it's not a team I fell in love with, I would probably go to the party and when I get home just look up the score. No take it out. I mean, you know, that's not for me to convince you. It's what I believe and what I know to be true. I think for Mexican-Americans, it probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. But I know that in Mexico, especially in Guadalajara, and maybe in La Ciudad de Mexico, because we have a lot of Chivas fans there, I think it would cause a lot of turmoil. And, and we would math- we would probably like lose half of our fan base if that happened. For a bit, for a bit, I mean, then, then they would come back. And and look, I know Chivas very well. It's not like we're gonna be over here bending the rules and breaking over backwards for um Mbappe or Cristiano Ronaldo, right? We would be bringing in just more mediocre trash that happens to fit within our within our. Like, look at how many rules we bent for fucking Ormeño, and that dude was not worthy of ever suiting up for Chivas. Oh, I think he was. He, no, dude, that guy was he trash. Wasn't there that long. You don't go he over here. You don't go over here making loopholes and 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 reading the guideline and saying, "Oh, you know, he technically is Mexican." No, fuck that, dude. But he is. I know he is. I know he was born in Mexico, but he suits up for for Peru. But it's like that was not a person that was worthy of of breaking protocol. Same with, like, all the pochos that we've had over the years, dude. Like, Ponce, uh, Gringo Padilla, maybe Cone Brizuela, too. You know, he was born in San Jose, California. So, it's like, we've been slow. Who was the director deportivo when Ormeño came in? Uh, Peláez. Yeah, and you guys want me to criticize uh, Hierro the same way. Was that Peláez or the owner? Everyone. the rules. Everyone. Everyone oh. Who has to convince the owner that's cool? who has the last say? Well, the owner, the owner. Hey, the owner and what if you say. give the director deportivo full power because you want to? Hey, you don't know that. We know. Yeah, you don't know if he has full power. Well, we... He didn't have full power. If he did, um, Lanyo would have never came in. The only reason Lanyo came in was because there was that, you know. Okay, so excuses for Pelas, but you can have excuses for Hierro. That's not an excuse. That's just. That's just the truth, man. He, he, he never okay, said okay. it. Yeah. So applying the same argument, everything that you guys have criticized Yero for, who has the final say? The owner. So why are you criticizing Yero? Go criticize a Maori. Well, why are you giving him all the credit then? Then same thing. Then give it to a Maori. Well, and I have to give credit to a Maori. I gave credit to a Maori for letting Yero come in and letting Pauno come in. And a Maori is like not really in the picture. All I see on Maori posts is Chivas Femenil stuff. I haven't seen him. Re- I haven't even seen him like refer to the men's team besides like the final. Yeah, he's letting them do do their thing, which is the exact opposite of what his how his dad ran the show. And his dad was the one that put that extra rule in there that we are not going to call up yeah. or, or sign players that don't play for the national team. Like that was not yeah, then, that wasn't in like the, the the rules, but he made that his rule, and then his son yeah. decides to take that back. Yeah, but what was it made, Jaime? I mean, it was made to placate the fans. That some of them were, they were they were afraid they would make a big deal because it was a pocho, you know, both born in the U.S. 
And those so are rules of that. That was the, you know, what are you talking about? Rules are rules. I mean, if the owner set the rule, that's the rule, man. Even no, I'm just uh, the... okay, but I'm saying why he put the rule. And like, technically, back. and technically, since Zendejas was there while the rule was implemented, and now he's playing for the U.S., the rule was broken. There's no statute of limitations, man. The Chivas, the Chivas legacy thing, the history is <laughs> broken. Well, he was near a Chivas player by then, though, when he played for the U.S. national team. He wasn't a Mexico player either. He was. He was playing. He changed his allegiance to Mexico when he when he signed that contract with Chivas. No, they say he never did. That's why he's playing for U.S. right now. I mean, because he never played for his. Uh, did he, he ever never get played for the Mexico? Nat- he, he, uh, he never played senior. for the U.S. Senior team. Yeah, he never played for the senior team. That's why. So he, he didn't was... have anything to sign. He just said, if they call me up, I'll say no. Yeah. And But going back to Jaime's point, you know, Chivas, if they bring in foreigners, yeah, they're not going to bend over for the Mbappes, the Hollands of the world. It's going to be more foreigners. And Ricardo, Joel, you guys saying, oh, you no, know, if they win the Campeonismo, then you're going to bend over. Man, bringing foreigners doesn't mean that. Look at America. America buys the best Mexicans. Kevin Alvarez in his position, they buy the best foreigners, now Mexican Quinones in their position, and that doesn't mean titles. When's the last title America won? Five, six years ago? Even Tigres, yeah, they've been successful, but they're not winning every single year, and that's a quality foreigners. If Even if Chivas did bring in foreigners, that doesn't mean you're going to be successful because now you, it's the same thing. You have foreigners competing against other foreigners, and it just comes down to how well the club is managed. You could be a Puebla, full of foreigners, and no championship. So I don't know what makes you guys think that if Chivas brings foreigners, they're going to be off a whole lot better. Only I only hear America fans say that. Like, uh, what's his name? That bum from ESPN, John Schultzley. He's a big believer that America should, I mean, Chivas should bring in foreigners. And he's saying it would make Chivas a whole lot better on the field. No, he knows it's BS, but he wants to argue that because he's an America fan and he wants to see the club crumble from that tradition so that he can criticize them for it. Foreigners or naturalizados? Because once you're a naturalizado, you're a Mexican. So are you still a foreigner? Well, I think with Chivas, it's always been like Mexican by birth. That's and then Mexican by taco eating, <laughs> and then Mexican by ranchera listening. Always moving the goalposts, man. All I'm saying is we've gotten to a point with Chivas where it's like, you know, how do you boil a frog? You know, you slowly warm up the temperature, and, you know, I feel like they've definitely stepped over the line. Maybe you got their toes on the line a few times. And... Uh, you know, if we continue to have this, I don't know what to call it, uh, epidemic where we're struggling to develop young players and future talents, then we're going to go down this slippery slope of, uh, well, you know, he's been naturalizado and he's he plays for the national team. So, yeah, he, he can play for Chivas. You know, I think we, we're going to continue to go down that road. 
If uh, I mean that risk is there, but you seriously think they've like somewhat crossed some line? Because it also, I think it's also the yeah. fact that it's Ormeño was Peru, but they had that kid in Tapatio who's a German descent. Let's say he moved up to Chivas and he killed it, and let's say Germany called him up. Will you still feel the same way, or would it be different? Because oh, bro, it's Germany. You know, he's playing for a team that's won World Cups. It's different. Who's the German kid? He was with Tapatio uh, last term. I think Toluca just bought him. Oh. But Mexican German descent. So I'm saying, are we hating Ormeño because he's Peruvian and we feel better than Peruvian? Oh, I'm, I'm not hating on him because he's Peruvian. I'm hating on him because he was not worthy of playing for the Chivas. No, no, I mean the move. Uh, I know he was BS as a player. I'm saying, are we hating on Chivas for doing that move because it was Peru? Like if it would have been the Mexican player that plays for Brazil, Argentina, that national team, then at that moment it's acceptable all of a sudden? Well, I don't think uh, the national team would allow that opportunity to go to waste. If we have a player that's good enough to play for the German national team, you would have assumed the Mexican national team would have made a move by then to try and... No, but if he's a dual national, he's going to have that choice. No one's calling... Germany isn't calling up a Mexican. (laughs) No, I know they're not, but my argument is are we looking down on the Ormeño one just because it's a Peruvian national team and we look down on the Peruvian national team? We feel we are better than them? If it well, would have been the national team that's better than us, well, at that point, does it become acceptable all of a sudden? It's obviously not as a Chivas point of view, but I've seen everyone, this guy playing for Chivas and Chivas having its having the propaganda out there of how they're the most Mexican. They throw it in your face just like you did, Habibi. Is the team I grew up with, our history, our culture. If I if they don't have Mexicans, then I, I won't watch. And then he, he, him knowing all that, he goes and plays for Peru because he knows he's not good enough to play for Mexico. I think that's why uh, people were hating on him. Yep. Not because he's playing for bum-ass Peru, which he didn't even start for them. He, he was the bench's bench. <laughs> honestly my problem with him wasn't the peru thing that was my second problem with him my problem with him was that when they brought him to chivas he had one goal in the last 12 months that was my problem that from on the field it made zero sense mm-hmm. and then once you added the off-field stuff to it right it made completely zero sense it was a dumb line. it was like an idiot you had to be the biggest pendejo in the world to want to do that signing. You no. need a striker because Macias just wore his ACL. So you bring the guy who has one goal in the last 12 months and he plays for Peru? Yeah. No, oh, my miss. And to throw Saul in an open wound, um, we also got rid of Canelo for him as well. It's not like we got him for free or anything. We had to do a trade. So, yeah, it was like a... Dumbass move. That's arguably like one of the worst ones. That's even worse than like us getting Peralta for free. Yeah, at least you're bringing a Mexican and you can do the whole helps the locker room bullshit argument. But with Ormeño, not even that. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Well, folks, we're at the two hour mark. My phone's about to die. Um, So I wanted to make sure we get our closing thoughts before we wrap up episode 399. Uh, we do have two upcoming friendlies from Mexico against Australia on the 9th. And then they play Uzbekistan. So 
doesn't have to be necessarily national team related, but I'd like to hear you guys' closing thoughts. Gentlemen, a pleasure as always. Regarding the national team, I don't really give a crap about Bora FC or Kangaroo FC. <laughs> the real challenge is Copa America. But I just wanted to and the Super Classico next week. That's what's important. But one thing I wanted to mention with you guys real quick is uh, I was watch I was on Prime the other day, Amazon Prime, and I was watching uh, the Newcastle Takeover documentary. Mm-hmm. I've only seen the first episode, but I was just thinking, imagine, like it's a long shot, but imagine if someone with that type of money came into Liga MX. Oh, yeah. Because the amount of money those guys have spent already and the plan they have and what they got going over there, if they... Because people would... Uh, someone would argue that Ofemsa and Semex, to a certain level, they're doing that too, but at a lower level, right? But <clears throat> if a billionaire, like... Not even billion, I mean, Saudi Arabia owns Newcastle. That pub, that PIF, that's, that's the same... Uh, fund that owns all of the Saudi league where Ronaldo's playing. They own like 10, like four teams. Oh, wow. So imagine if like, that'd be crazy. Like all this talk about foreigners and Mexicanos, like if someone ever came to Liga and mixed with that type of money, they, they just win automatically, man. And, and if they bought Chivas and if they bought Chivas, would Habibi still feel the same? Remember, uh, there was that rumor Emirates was going to uh, sponsor Chivas. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that's relevant, Joel. If Saudi Arabia bought Chivas and they bought brought the best Mexicans, like Bella and all these guys, like, you know, two, three years ago when they were in hot form, that would be all for it. No one said that. No, they brought the best foreigner. Yeah, man, baby, imagine if they brought in uh, Chivas. The best, the best foreigners, foreigners are not coming to me. Mbappé. Man, man. Well, that's what they said they go to the league because it's America and what America offers. That's it. Uh, I'm just putting the hypothetical out there. No te enojes. Yeah. No, I'm, not, I'm not mad. I'm just saying. Like, I'd, be down, I'd be down for the Saudis to buy Chivas. Bring me all the best Mexicans. But, but imagine, because I don't think Chivas is ever going to get sold as bullshit from the owner. He'll never sell. That's like he's using the team for his shell company that sells fat girl products, right? No, I agree. <laughs> and I don't think that Levisa is ever going to be sold for obvious reasons. But imagine if someone came in and just like bucket it that all or re, re-, re- like re- like brought back Veracruz from like the depths of hell. Like they would be imagine them just winning all the titles, like like all the that'd be cool. All the Liga MX. Equipo Grande narratives would go down the toilet, man. Nah, it would have to be like a top three city team. Honestly, the most likely one would be like... Atlas. Atlas, yeah. Or Pumas or Cruz Azul. Yeah, it has to be like a Mexico, Guadalajara or Monterrey team. Yeah, big city, yeah. But uh, I don't know about closing thoughts, but some clarification. I don't know if you guys ever made it or not. Or you guys talking about it at the beginning. 
Atletico Madrid did not split from San Luis. If anything, Atletico Madrid is putting 15 million into San Luis. Uh, they're building a whole new training complex, Ciudad Deportiva. It literally came out in uh, June. Yeah, so like three months ago. Uh, so they're about to invest $15 million there. Uh, they're not going anywhere. And uh, they said that with the investment, it plans to open up 70 spots per year to youth players and eventually send some players over to Spain as well. So Atletico Madrid seems very invested in the whole situation. Their owner, Heel or whatever, he flew down to <laughs> San Luis to talk to the governor and get everything approved. So nice. they're very serious about it. Uh, the other point, like Ricardo, you know, saying kangaroo soccer, that's a problem with Mexicans, man. That literally yeah. Australia lost in the World Cup round of 16, two to one to Argentina, the eventual fixed winners. And now Mexicans over here, you know, not taking them serious, taking them for granted. And then when, if Australia beats Mexico, all of a sudden, it's a fracaso. Oh, fracasaron. Como vas a perder with Australia? But if they beat them 5-0, it's like, what do you expect? It's Australia. Hey, man, I know the name doesn't sound hot, but they're a team that's always in the World Cup as far as, like, what, the last three or four? And then they're competing, man. They're making it out of their group. Mexico didn't make it out of its group, and these fools made it out of their group with France and Denmark. So I would start putting a little more respect on other teams. Because that's what screws Mexico over. That by the time they realize they fucked up by not respecting someone, it's too late. It usually means they realize they're losing. I didn't say I didn't respect them. I just said I didn't give a crap about the game. I... Oh, no. I feel I'm, I'm I don't aware... give a crap about the game either. But I've seen in the World Cup, they had like a, they started like a 17-year-old, this black kid, Australia. And supposedly he was being, they were talking about how they're working on their youth development. I'm a realist with Mexico, man. I, I know what, what they are and what they're not. That's why I'm so critical of them. That's why, And that's why I don't believe in the player like you do, because I know they're bums. See, me, I don't believe the system. It's not even the player. I know there are good players out there, but I don't believe in the system. I think that Mexico's problem is corruption. And then you can't have corruption in the country and then pretend that there's no corruption in the game in your sports. Like you just can't. Like you can't you can't say that the cops are crook, the politicians are crook, but expect Liga Mekis to be clean as a whistle. So to me and same thing with all of the whole to me, the whole system is dirty to some degree. And I'm sure there's a lot of players out there that have the talent, but for one reason or another, it's just the political nature of the thing didn't swing in their benefit and i'm not talking about that elite 1% obviously if you have a messy type player in your academy or whatever obviously you're going to move that guy up i'm talking about you know those other guys who might be middle tier at that moment but you never know they could have panned out and became amazing cuz you see it in europe all the time freaking odegaard he didn't do shit with madrid he was considered a flop and now he, like, runs Arsenal. Some players just need time to flourish. So I I have no problem with the Mexican player. I just think that's how it works with athletes. Some are professional, some are not. But my problem is I think the whole system in Mexico is corrupt to a degree. And I think that's what holds Mexican soccer back. 
Hey, real, real quick about that. Uh, I remember hearing about how how Chivas uh, they caught the. You know how uh, they would talk about how Chivas and Pumas were good at scouting, right? About mm-hmm. the kids that uh, that they caught the 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 Chivas escuelitas that they used to have in Guadalajara. That they caught the guy recruiting the kids, like asking the parents for money. So that's why they put a halt to all those escuelitas. Makes oh, sense. And then, I believe it. And, and one last thing, uh, real quick, about uh, did you guys hear about Bolivia? What happened there? About how they caught the, I think the, the president of, of the Bolivian football organization, if you can call it that, mm. uh, that they caught him on uh, on phone, like bribing a, a ref, like telling them they got to lose by three points in a certain half or something. Like it's on Twitter. It's crazy. Damn. Like they're, sus- they're suspending the whole league. Hmm. The Bolivian league. Like no one's no one cares, obviously, but still, like no way, that's crazy. No, I mean you believe it. I think we talked about it a few podcasts ago. There's these guys like mobsters, like in Asia. Those are the leagues they have a fix on, like the Guatemalan, the Honduran, the Bolivian, the leagues that no yeah. one cares about, but they're still official leagues where they're like on sports books. So those are the ones they fix. And then I can't remember his name. It was a Mexican player. He just came out on a podcast and he said that there is a Manuel San Liga Mekis. He said like he would know players that would like get yellows intentionally and they would have like a bet on it. I can't remember his name. Damn. I'll I'll bring it up the next one. And then uh real quick note. Hey, Chivas fans in the US are happy because I just saw that Chivas plays in Chicago. And it's sold out, and the cheapest ticket on Ticketmaster is two hundred bucks. And it's a friendly against Leon. I saw they were playing, so I was like, "All right, screw, it. I'll go to that game." I was thinking, you know, like forty, fifty dollar nosebleeds or something. Hell no, dude! Cheapest ticket is two hundred bucks. Damn. Friendly versus <laughs> Leon. That's crazy. I wonder when's the last time they went to Chicago. But it means the fans are happy, man. It means they're happy with the product because if they were. Like, you know, in the 18th place of the league or whatever, those prices wouldn't be there, even if they hadn't been there in a while. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Uh, thanks for clarifying that Atletico Madrid uh, partnership, because I, I, I didn't know. I was like, no, nah, I think they're still with them. So makes sense why they're doing so well in the league. Well, you got any closing thoughts? Uh, no, sir. No, and I feel like I already gave it. For sure. Well, guys, we have uh, a break from Liga Mekis. We're going to have the friendlies on September 9th and 12th, respectively. We'll try to get another pod in um, before Liga Mekis kicks back up again for the Super Clasico. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And we are coming up on our 400th episode, which is amazing. All thanks to our listeners. So we do appreciate your support. And, uh, you know, just stay tuned. Uh, Thank you guys so much. And be safe. Catch you on the next one.